0: Sam Horn, safe to say, is now officially your first string quarterback for Missouri, at least in spring football. Got some big injury news coming up, but also I want to assess the basketball team individually through the first 13 games here. Coming up right now on Locked On Mizzou. You are Locked On Mizzou, your daily podcast on the Missouri Tigers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network your team every day hail hey, you true sons and daughters i'm john miller your Mizzou mafioso and the central scrutinizer of missouri tigers football and basketball and today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online has you covered this season with more props odds and lines than ever before bet online where the game starts And you know what? I wanted to just start really quickly today by just saying thanks to all of you for listening as usual. And thanks for a fantastic 2022. Hopefully this show will be even better in the new year. Of course, this is the final show of 2022. And with that in mind, I want to take a look at the Missouri basketball team. Grayed out the guys individually so far. But obviously we got to start with football In case you haven't heard by now, Brady Cook is going to miss all of spring football. And I would say at least. That's not what they're officially saying. But Brady Cook missing spring football. He's going to undergo surgery to repair a torn labrum. This is all an official release from the Missouri Tigers. Now, Cook and Eli Drinkwitz never specifically... Talked about a labrum injury during the season. Drinkwitz did hint that Cook was injured. According to the Tigers, this happened in Week Two in Manhattan, Kansas, against against the Wildcats. I definitely remember thinking, ooh, Brady looks a little messed up after that hit, something like that. It seemed like his throwing shoulder definitely got hurt in that game, and well, that's confirmed. And impressively, Brady Cook obviously toughed it out, played the entire season with a torn labrum in, importantly, by the way, his throwing shoulder. And I do say importantly because obviously while Brady Cook was able to play through whatever degree of tear this is, by the way, that that's, what's important. All of none of these injuries are created equal. Number one, but a shoulder injury is really, really complicated and serious. And I know this because, well, for, for a lot of reasons, number one, I followed baseball for a number of years. And for as many times as I've seen guys have Tommy John surgery in their elbow and they're out for, you know, 12 to 18 months, More often than not, they come back pretty darn well. But shoulder injuries, those can be really, really complicated. And certainly that's the case with quarterbacks in football as well. You might remember Andrew Luck, of course, played through a torn labrum in the 2017 season. Well, that caused him to then miss the entire 2018 season and then his subsequent shocking retirement. He could never get back physically or mentally because of the grueling rehab and pain that was involved getting back from that injury. He obviously never got back onto the football field. Now, I have no idea what's in store for Brady Cook at this point. And without having any idea whatsoever, number one, I'm not a doctor. But my wife actually happens to be – a nurse in the operating room. She's worked on torn labrums many times. She's been in on those types of surgeries. And, you know, I flat out asked her, I'm like, eight months from now, is he going to be ready for fall camp? And she's just going, there's no way I can answer that question without having knowing, number one, what is the severity of the injury? How, How torn is it exactly? We're talking complete tear here. We're talking half tear. You know, I, I'm just guessing that it can't be a full tear, right? If he played the rest of the season. But at the same time, that doesn't mean it's not a serious injury. This isn't like an ACL injury, for instance. Ennis Rakestraw just last year tore his ACL, right? And he came back, rehabbed, you know, eight, nine months later. He's back on the field and better than ever, quite literally. I think this, everybody would agree this is Ennis Rakestraw's. Best season ever. He was no worse for wear, seemingly, after that ACL tear. But ligaments are just a lot different. Ligaments in the knee, specifically. Again, this is according to my wife, who knows a lot more than I do. Has actually been on these all of these types of surgeries. Again, the shoulder is just a much more complicated, delicate, and and frankly, an unpredictable matter. So the idea that Missouri can just be content here to go into the off-season now with with this news of of Brady Cook getting his labrum repaired surgically, I think the idea that you can just head into the off-season with Sam Horn and true freshman Jabari Johnson as your only scholarship quarterbacks other than Cook, I think that's crazy. There's no chance that Missouri's going to do that. They have to get somebody in the transfer portal. Now, unfortunately, a lot of the bigger names have already been nabbed up. Devin Leary, North Carolina State, we talked about him. Well, Missouri will see him next year down in Lexington, Kentucky, because he's playing for the Kentucky Wildcats. Now, there's still some interesting guys out there. In the past, I've mentioned Coastal Carolina's Grayson McCall. According to Dave Matter, or, or excuse me, according to Gabe D'Armond over at Power Mizzou, well, there may be some grade issues there. Who knows? That type of thing can be worked out especially in the SEC, where it just means more. But in all seriousness, it is a little bit troubling that it doesn't seem like Missouri has been aggressively recruiting a transfer quarterback at this point, at least according to the tea leaves. And there's no information out there whatsoever that Missouri has been pursuing a quarterback like there was last season. And as Dave Matter said in his chat this week amusingly, If they're being quiet about it, well, it's the first quiet thing that Eli Drinkwitz has ever done. Good point, Dave. I have to agree with you there. But again, just a little bit troubling that a lot of the bigger names coming off the board, I suppose Oklahoma State's Spencer Sanders and Virginia's Brendan Armstrong could maybe be options. But I don't know, man. It's starting to worry me. At the very least, though, Missouri has to get somebody that adds depth to that quarterback room because... If we're going in there with a guy in Sam Horn, hopefully he's great. Don't get me wrong, but regardless, you're going to need a backup. You're going to need some depth because I think guaranteeing that Brady Cook is going to be fine come August, I just don't think that's reality at this point. Also, nothing new for me to report on the offensive coordinator and or quarterback coach front, though I will say, that while a million bucks for an assistant football coach sounds like a lot of money, and it certainly is to people like you and me, you know, the God's honest truth is if you want to get one of the truly hot names out there, you might need to go up to two or three million bucks these days. That's where we are in college football. And my question is, what's more important? If you're a Missouri football fan, if you're a if you're if you're an athletic director, if you're a coach, which would you rather have: a new indoor practice facility, or an offensive coordinator? To me, the answer is pretty obvious that it's the offensive coordinator. I'd always rather have better coaching, better players than I don't know a shiny new object. Listen, I don't have anything against the practice facility per se, but. Didn't we already have one of those, (laughs) number one? But cut off a million bucks maybe on the budget for our next south end zone or practice facility type project. Maybe push that toward the assistant coaching staff instead because guess what? You start winning more ball games, you start filling up the stadium, well, guess what? Suddenly you'll make that money back in the long run. At least that's my assumption. And coming up, let's talk some hoops. I want to grade each one of these Missouri basketball players so far this season, and spoiler alert, the grades are going to be pretty favorable for the most part. Let's just start off with the player who's number one in possession rate. We'll just go that way and Oh, damn it, it's Isaiah Mosley. Okay, fine, we'll get him out of the way after the break. But first of all, I just want to say I hope you all have a safe and happy New Year this weekend. And let me paint a little scenario for you. You're hanging out with some friends, putting back a few drinks. Well, a few becomes a few too many. And as the evening comes to an end, you think about hailing a ride. Nah, you think, though. The heck with it! I just live nearby. I can make it home, okay? No biggie, right? Well, what are the what are the odds you'll actually get pulled over? And even if you do, what's the worst that could happen? Insurance goes up, lose your license or your job, total your car. Maybe even really hurt somebody. Well, everybody knows about the risks of drunk driving. The results are tragic and often deadly. However, that doesn't stop everyone from getting behind the wheel while under the influence. That's why police officers are out right now looking for impaired drivers on the roads to save lives. So if you're okay, if you think you're okay to drive after a few drinks, well, think again. Play it safe and plan ahead to get a ride. It only takes one mistake to change your life or someone else's forever. Drive sober or get pulled over. Thanks for making Locked On Mizzou your first listen every day. Make sure to check out Locked On Sports Today, the biggest stories around the sports world in 20 minutes plus instant reactions, game recaps, and Locked On's take of the day. That's Locked On Sports Today, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. And like I said, let's start off with Isaiah Mosley. What the heck? Just because, indeed, he is at the very top of my Ken Palm page here with a 29% possession percentage. Isaiah Mosley so far, I mean, to be fair, it almost has to be incomplete, right? Because at a certain point, like, for instance, it's such a small sample size of three-pointers, for instance. He's only shot 20 on the ear and made five. Certainly 25%, not what you were looking for, but... If he literally hits, what, three more, he's at 40%, something like that. So let's not go insane. But the playmaking has been there. Everything's been there except, well, the availability. And the less said about that, the better, because I have absolutely no idea what's going on. Can't confirm anything whatsoever. Sorry, I'm a bad journalist. But Isaiah Mosley, we're going to be fair and go incomplete. Now, Kobe Brown... On the other hand, we can definitely give him a big fat A so far. And by the way, I'm not doing any of this minus plus nonsense. We're going A, B, C, D, or F here, people. And the occasional incomplete. If you want to say that's a cop-out, well, you're right. But seriously, folks, Kobe Brown has been absolutely spectacular so far this season. In fact, he's the 56th best offensive player in the country by one measure called offensive rating. That means he's... Way, 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 way up there. We're talking top 3 or 4% here, people. That's how good Kobe Brown has been. He's actually made 45% of his threes so far. 66% inside the arc. Yeah, I'd say it's been all good for Kobe so far. Now, DeAndre Golston... I guess I'll be a little harsh here on DeAndre and give him a B because really, honestly, he's been better than my expectations. He's been really good the last couple games in particular. Doesn't even count the the UCF banked in three from 35 feet. So you know what? What am I talking about? Just because at times I think maybe he gets a little too aggressive. What am I saying? DeAndre Golston, you're getting an A as well. DeMoy Hodge, well, this is the easiest A in in the history of the podcast. He's the ninth best offensive player in the country. You look at his three-point shooting, been tremendous, of course, almost 42%. He's actually shooting 71% on twos, so the guy is selective. Good cuts to the basket, all that stuff. Basically, no turnover rate whatsoever, so not a lot of dribbling from Des Moines. He just stays within himself, moves the ball, passes the ball, but when he feels like he's got an open shot, he's ready to pull it, and usually he's making it these days. How about Noah Carter? Well, you know, honestly, I've loved what I've seen from Noah Carter so far. He's been an excellent offensive player, but the last few games definitely lost – some minutes to Ronnie DeGray. I got to assume there's something there that Dennis Gates isn't loving defensively. I'll, I'll confess that I haven't specifically scouted Noah Carter's individual defense so far, but I think it's more just what he thinks DeGray brings to the table on that end of the court. I, I could be wrong there, but overall, again, compared to expectations, really other than DeMoy Hodge, who I had really high hopes for, and he's exceeded them, well, same thing with Noah Carter, and, and to me, Noah's actually been better than I could have expected, so how do I not give him an A as well? Now, how about Sean East? Well, Sean East has been kind of what the doctor ordered. He really has as far as a backup guard off the bench who can handle the ball and provide a a spark of scoring on occasion. He seems kind of like Dennis Gates you know, microwave guy a little bit. If he's hot, you leave him in. If he's not, eh, maybe we just go with some other guys. Kind of plays it on feel there, but I'll give Sean East a solid B so far. The shooting hasn't been great from the outside or anything, but I think overall I've been pretty pleased. Now, Nick Honor, obviously he's an A. I mean, come on. How could you have expected anything more from him? And again, I as I said before, he's a much better shooter than I expected Shooting forty four percent from downtown so far. Incredible. Wow. The guy is the guy is just a really calming influence on the team. And in that Kentucky game where he barely even scored, he still had a huge impact, a huge positive impact, of course, on that game. Trey Go Million. I'm just throwing these A's around like I'm Hester Prynne or something. It's crazy. But yeah, Trey go Million. I'm giving you an A as well, my friend. Again, a guy who I expected to be a solid sort of glue guy, maybe in the vein of Javon Pickett, who's now at SLU, of course. But to me, Go Million has actually been so much better than I expected offensively. He's a really good passer, and of course, just a seemingly a great teammate, a guy with a great attitude and a hard worker, hustle guy, the whole thing. So yep, Trey Go Million, you're getting an A as well. How about the true freshman? How about Aiden Shaw? Well, again, I'm a, I'm, I'm a really nice grader here, I guess. But I can't go A with Aiden Shaw. That would be going way too far. But I do love Aiden Shaw's aggressiveness. And I'll give him a B for that, maybe alone. I, I think I maybe expected to see a little bit more out of Aiden's jump shot so far. But that's also not really what Dennis Gates has been asking Shaw to do. I, I honestly think there's a lot more in him that we're going to see in the coming years here at Missouri. I'm still a big, big fan of Aiden Shaw, but I can't go the full A with him at this point. Ryan DeGray, it's been obviously an interesting season for him so far. Really, what can you say? I mean, for a guy who barely played at the beginning of the season to now be a key contributor when the team is playing its best basketball, how can you not just give him a ton of credit for being – an, an amateur professional. I just mean professional, not in the he plays pro basketball sense, but I mean in a guy who acts like a grown man, a mature son of a gun. That's what I think of when I look at Ronnie DeGray. And, and for that, I'm going to give him at least a B. We'll, we'll go with that. And coming up, of course, you notice there are a few players that I haven't mentioned yet. Well, I'll get to them, but I also want to put. The whole thing in context coming right up. What does the future of this basketball roster look like and who could be actually be back on it next year? Well, the answer may be a little surprising. So again, let's talk about that right after these quick words. One player I've been consistently asked a lot about is actually Mohamed Diara and for a guy who was the junior college player of the year, I believe, and had some really impressive highlights for a six foot ten player, no question about it. You know, I, I just think I think a lot of people are surprised that the Diarra hasn't gotten more minutes. But honestly, who who would you sit him for? That would be my first question. Whose minutes would you take away to give to Diarra? Because I don't want to see less of. Noah Carter at the moment. I don't, certainly don't want to see less of Kobe Brown. We can all agree with that. I don't want to see less of Ronnie DeGray or Aiden Shaw right now either. I think this is a deep, pretty capable basketball team, number one. But for all of Diara's impressive skill sets that he showed at the junior college level, I, I just don't think he quite fits the speed and the five-out style that Dennis Gates is wanting to play right now. I don't know who he guards at this level right now. And also, he hasn't proven that he's a, a capable offensive player at this level either. So I think we maybe need to forget about the sort of Juco highlights at this point and, and judge the guy on what he is or is not doing at this level. And as for Caleb Brown, well. Hard to give him much of a grade at this point either. Caleb just when he's in the game just still seems like he's unwilling to try to score for the most part. Over four from three this season, you know I think if he's especially if he's not going to be a good shooter from the outside, he has to be able to do something off the dribble. He's a good ball handler, decent passer, and at his size, he's actually an intriguing player because with that handle. Once he gets past the defense, the problem is when he gets into the paint, he just seems unwilling to shoot the ball at this point still, and that's a problem. If he can't score, then he can't play. That's all there is to it with Caleb Brown. Now, of course, Kobe Brown, Caleb's brother, his fourth year now with the Tigers, but because of the free, if you will, COVID-19 season, well, it turns out. Kobe Brown can actually play a fifth year, as can a whole bunch of players on this rather senior-laden roster. In fact, Trey Gomillion, DeAndre Golston, and DeMoy Hodge, those three guys, again, Gomillion, Golston, and Hodge, those are the three guys who are absolutely done after this season. They've exhausted all of their eligibility. That much I am certain of. But everybody else has another year if they desire, if they want to come back, technically they can do so. So even Isaiah Mosley could come back for another year, technically. Though at this point, I have to say that would be kind of a surprise at this point. I would absolutely take him back. Don't get me wrong, but let's be real. That would be a bit of a shock at this point. But what does that mean? Well, the Tigers sitting at about 12 players it looks like who in in theory could be part of next season's roster. Of course there's always potential transfers and that type of deal so we shall see. Just wanted to update you that again Gomillion, Golston, and Hodge are all definitely gone. Three important members of this team but everybody else in theory could come back next season so it'll be interesting to see what happens there. So until next time, by the way, oh yes, and I should say thanks again for making Locked on Mizzou your first listen today, and also check out Locked on Sports today. For your second listen, Peter Bukowski brings you the biggest stories in 20 minutes. Get the analysis and opinions before anyone else with our local and national experts and NC insiders. Easy for me to say. That's Locked on Sports today, available on YouTube and wherever you get finer. Podcast. So until next time, I'm John Miller, and thanks for listening to Locked on Mizzou.